0: To take you behind the scenes in Smashville. Yoshi slides it in. And the Predators win it overtime. This is the Fred's official podcast yes. with Brooks Bratton on Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN 1025 The Game.
1: Welcome to the month of November. And welcome to episode 150 of the Predators' official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Brooks Bratton of NashvillePredators.com. Kara Hammer of the Predators broadcast team. We're both here. Producer Max is here as well. He's back in Nashville. I'm in Vancouver. Kara's in Colorado. We're all over North America, but we're all together, and we're all happy to be with you as we bring you another edition of the POP and Kara, uh, we were just discussing how rainy, gloomy it is here in Vancouver, but things are looking up in Colorado, it seems.
2: Yeah, well, we're soaking up our 300 days of sunshine that we enjoy in this beautiful state.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you, that's not the case here in Vancouver. It's going to rain the entire time we're here. I was saying... We are all saying uh, as we got in on Wednesday night, by the way, we record this on Thursday, November the 4th. So the Preds have not played the Canucks yet coming off of their two games, a back-to-back set in Alberta. But we were saying over the years, we've gotten really lucky with weather in Vancouver. Uh, this is a place where it rains quite often, and we haven't really encountered that much over the years, so I suppose everything comes back around one time or another, and uh, we'll, we'll deal with it, though. So it's good. Uh, it's always good to be in Vancouver. We've said many times on the podcast, I think this is probably one of the unanimous choices for the best or favorite road city uh, in the NHL. So it's always a pleasure to be here, and uh, it's a pleasure to be back here with all of you. Kara, before we get into it, we had mentioned last week that you were going to be dressed up as a Broncos fan for
2: Halloween. Did that come to fruition? It did. And I was so excited and the Broncos won that day, but then the next day they traded Von Miller, who is <laughs> my favorite um, Denver Bronco of all time. So my soul has been crushed since Monday. And now he's playing for the Rams who will then play the Titans on Saturday. And so now my heart is torn between Von Miller and, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Tennessee Titans fan. So it's been a rough week over here, Brooks.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, goodness gracious. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for, thanks for still being here considering all of that.
2: Yeah, a lot has happened this week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's only Thursday. Well, we'll see if we can cheer you up in the next little bit. Uh, We've got a good one on episode 150, by the way. I feel like that's more of a milestone than uh, 149. So it's cool to hit 150. And we've got a great guest to help us rein in episode 150. The one, the only Terry Crisp, who announced his retirement from broadcasting will be coming at the end of this season. He'll have one more run with the Preds. Uh, It was Terry Crisp night in Calgary. So we will get to that in our next segment. Of course, the Predators are in the midst of a six game road trip. They won four straight heading into Wednesday night's game before falling in Edmonton. We'll discuss uh, what we've thought of the last few outings from Nashville and oh, by the way, happy birthday to Pecorino on November 3rd, the Predators take that opportunity to announce that his number 35 will be retired February 24th. So we will discuss uh, all of that on Pekka. We'll hear from Pekka as well coming up in just a little bit. But first, Kara, the Predators, as we said, had won four games in a row. They unfortunately fall Wednesday night in Edmonton, but four straight before that, and uh, things things are looking up. Last week, and we talked to you. the The goal was to get to 500 before going on that road trip, and uh, mission accomplished. So, what have you thought uh, over the last little bit? The Predators, again, finding ways more often than not right now, and and liking a lot of what they're they're seeing from their group in the early going.
2: You no, know, I really loved the game on Saturday against the Islanders, and their their comeback win. Tanner Jannus' play in that game was. Excellent. So I think what's really stood out to me, what stood out to most people probably around the league all season, is Tanner. As you know, that herd line, how competitive they've been. I felt like the Calgary game was just wild, wasn't it? Just so intense. I feel like you know I was uh, texting with the group during the game, and Hal Gill was like, "This game is crazy. It's just so intense. It's so back and forth. It was such exciting hockey." So I was happy to see them get the win, especially on Terry Chris night in Calgary. Against Edmonton, I felt like the team struggled a little bit. I felt like the third period, they had a hard time really finding their rhythm. I felt like Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, you know, those guys were tough to compete against. And once they got going, I felt like the Preds really didn't have an answer.
1: It's so tough to deal with McDavid and Seidel, as you said. Arguably, I think John Hines said this in the post game: like two of the top five offensive players in the league, and they're right there on the same team, sometimes on the same line. It's uh, hockey is such a weird game, too, and for many reasons. But for Exhibit A, at least here in the present, this back-to-back set in Alberta, starting in Calgary and then going to Edmonton. Calgary, the Predators really weren't thrilled with the way that they played, especially in that first period. I think Matthew Shane said it was maybe our worst first period since he's been here.
2: Yeah,
1: And uh, they gave up 20 shots on goal. I think if it weren't for UC Soros, they Calgary could have had way more. I think Soros really not only kept the Predators in that game in Calgary, but kind of stole it for them in a way. And, uh, you know, of course, Nashville was happy with the overtime win, of course, Matthew Shane getting the game winner uh, in OT on Tuesday night, but uh, satisfied with the win, but not really with the effort. And so then you turn around the very next night to an Edmonton team that had only lost once going into that game. And the, the predators end up falling 5 to two, but they liked the process a lot better. They said that that needed to be much better on Wednesday night if they were going to give themselves a chance. And they ended up out shooting the Oilers 31 to 30. and they, they had their opportunities. Edmonton was just able to capitalize uh, on their chances more than the predators. But Matthew Shane Ryan, Johanton score again. They're producing at almost a point per game pace in the early going. So, that is huge news for the Predators that those two guys are able to have gotten off to good starts here this season as well. And they're going to need them too because Philip Forsberg did not play on Wednesday. He was injured on Tuesday in Calgary and he's listed as week to week. So Kara, we've talked about those two guys, especially Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson needing to get off to good starts. They've done that, and they're going to have to step up a little bit more now with Forsberg. Again, week to week, we don't know exactly how long that'll be, um, but they're going to need to continue to get production from those top players.
2: I feel like you've definitely seen a change in Matt Duchesne's game this year. I think after he scored that first goal and kind of got the scoring started, his game has completely elevated, and I think it really shined when you look at the overtime goal, I mean, when he was on the other side of the ice, he was hardly moving. He had been out there the entire overtime. You could tell that the lactic acid had completely built up. His was hardly going. Then he's able to get down to the other end and score that goal. And it was all second effort. Like, he found a way to win the game. And you have to be excited and proud of, of how he was able to accomplish that the season and how, you know, Hines challenged that group and they've kind of, they've stepped up?
3: We,
1: I don't know that we've seen this version of Matthew Shane yet in Nashville, and we're finally seeing it. And I think he mentioned, I saw that he mentioned on Sportsnet on Wednesday night in Edmonton, I believe it was, that he feels like he's finally starting to get some puck luck as well. And and that was kind of mystifying because in the past, like even last season, like he was getting, it wasn't like he wasn't generating chances. It wasn't like he wasn't getting opportunities, but now it's starting to go for him. And he's, he's got four goals on the season, eight points as we record this. And uh, again, just really what you had always hoped to see, from him and you you knew he was capable of it or you would lo- like to think he was capable of producing at almost a point per game pace. He's doing that so far this season. That's huge. Ryan Johansson's goal was on the power play late uh, in the game on Wednesday as well. And the power play continues to get some good looks. They've had a little bit of trouble in the last two games, haven't been able to get set up as well as they had the previous few Um but again, that power play has been good for the most part so far for Nashville. That's going to need to continue. And UCSR also was great uh, again on uh, Tuesday night in Calgary. Connor Ingram comes in, has some huge saves on Wednesday night in Edmonton, which good for Connor to get back in there. And uh, as we record this, actually, on Thursday, the Predators are going to end up sending Connor Ingram back down to Milwaukee as David Riddick is ready to come back uh, off the COVID list. He has gotten some practices in. He's gotten back up to game shape. Um, So he will be back in and take his place as the backup that the Predators signed him to be, uh, Riddick, that is. And so Ingram will go back down to Milwaukee. But, Kara, we mentioned it last week again, but what a story for Connor Ingram to come in and – perhaps two really solid games in the NHL only one win uh, but his first two games he, he showed that he's certainly capable of fulfilling that role if he needs to
2: yeah and I, I'm curious Brooks if you read the article in the athletic written by Adam Bingen about Connor Ingram and it was it made you appreciate how how well he did when he came back and, and he got his first start in the NHL and then to play again last night so in between that that first start and then reading the article and then watching him, it, you were so happy for him. I just had all these feelings about him playing compared to what he's been through having to enter, you know, the, 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 the player program, get some help. He was very open about his mental health issues and he's found a way to come back and it's awesome. And now we hope that in Milwaukee, I'll have a chance to, to succeed. And if we need a guy to come back up, he'll be the guy.
1: Agreed. He should go back down there and be the starter. And uh, his, his parents were there in Edmonton on Wednesday night. So really happy for them that they were able to see him play for the first time. His brothers were in attendance too. He's got three older brothers and they had the uh, the sports competitive athletics t-shirts with his face on it. And yeah. I was watching them during the game. They were There were a lot of standing ovations from the Ingrams uh, and, on Wednesday night in Edmonton. So again, good for Connor. And uh, good luck to him as he goes back down to Milwaukee. And who knows, perhaps uh, – We'll see him back up here soon again. And let's transition into another goaltender, a goaltender we know well, Pecorine The Predators announcing Wednesday on Pekka's 39th birthday that he will have his number 35 retired on February 24th at Bridgestone Arena, the first player in franchise history to receive the honor. We'll touch on this from our perspective in just a moment, but here is what Pekka had to say upon receiving the news that his number will be hanging from the rafters soon enough.
3: I was actually, I was taking our dog to to a vet. Uh, He was totally fine. She was totally fine. But uh, uh, I was sitting in my car and, uh, and uh, David called me and uh, he just, I mean, he just congratulated me and, and broke the news and, uh I I think for a, for a half a minute I was I was pretty much speechless I was uh, I, I, you know I was uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it at first and uh, but uh after that obviously um obviously I was really really excited super happy and um you know obviously in in a moment like this you, you start reflecting back and and uh, thinking about, the players you've played with the coaches you've had and and all the all the all the people that uh you know have helped me al- along the way and um that's a even though this is uh it's gonna be a they're gonna be celebrating me at uh at the britstone on uh, in february it's, it's still a, it's it's a team effort and that's how i i look at it and to me, that's the biggest thing. I, I get to share that uh, that special moment with uh, with everybody. One, it's always so good to hear from him, and uh, that just made
1: my day better. And I think everybody else who had the chance to talk to him or hear from him. But I, I love one. What a trip to the veterinarian! i will never forget that. But two, I, and it's so classic, Pekka. But he again, he says, "This is this is a team." honor he feels like he couldn't have done it without all these other people and of course we're all going to be celebrating him in february but that's just the way that he is i, I still love that it's it's his jersey retirement but he's thanking everybody and saying that everybody played a part in this
2: i also love that he let everybody know that the dog was okay yes <laughs> well you know all of us dog lovers we don't have to worry
1: yes she Pablo probably everyone Pa- Pablo Rine is doing just fine, thank goodness. And uh, so, so, yeah, it was, it was great to hear from Pekka. He was actually at his parents' house in Finland, uh, assuming maybe having a birthday dinner of some sort. But he was seated in a room and he actually turned the camera around and showed everybody. Uh, it's, it's worth checking out if you haven't the videos on Preds.com just to see, to hear the whole interview and see Pekka's uh, obviously enough incentive as it is. But his dad, has a room in their house where he's got all of these Preds collectibles on the wall. And he's collected a ton of Pekka's jerseys from over the years. It's I, I just he, a quick glance at the rack. There was probably 20 to 30 jerseys on that thing. Um, So that was kind of a cool look uh, behind the scenes at what the Rene's house in Finland looks like, but uh, he did want to play this as well. He had uh, one message for the fans. As we went on in the interview, I said, Pekka, as we kind of, start to celebrate uh you here we'll get to the big one in february but as we kind of kick off the celebration what would you want to say to predators fans and here's what he had to say
3: obviously miss you guys very much and uh I can't can't wait to uh celebrate on in uh, in february and i'll be i'll be in town before that and uh my plan is to come actually in uh, in next couple of weeks and and come to the games and um but I can't wait to see everybody and and uh and especially the February night. Uh- it's, uh, it's going to be awesome to see the best fans in the league. So there you go. He's coming back soon. <laughs> and,
1: of course, he'll be in February. But uh, Pekka had said that was the plan all along, was to come back to Nashville in a little bit. He'll do that. So hopefully get to see him at some games soon. But what an honor, and it couldn't happen to a better person. And the first Nashville Predators player, again, to have their jersey retired, and rightfully so, Kara.
2: I know. He's just – I'm so excited. I can't wait until February 24th. It's gonna be so exciting. It's you get your tickets now. I mean, you gotta just you have to be in the building for this, right?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you gotta be here. I mean you'll of course you'll be able to see it on television if, if you can't be here. But the predators, by the way, have just unveiled the 35 PECA Plan ticket offer. Ooh. Which, which gets you yeah, shameless plug here. You, so you get tickets to the February 24th game and then you can attend either three or five games during the season, including that game and also having a donation made to the 365 Pediatric Cancer Fund uh, at Monroe Carroll Junior Children's Hospital of Vanderbilt, which of course PECA is uh, so still well involved in and, and a cause that's near and dear to his heart. So uh, get in touch with the Preds Ticketing Department to uh, take advantage of the 35 PECA plan and make sure you're there at Bridgestone Arena. But Carol, I mean, what did you think when you heard the news that this was gonna happen? What was what was your reaction? And, and again, just to look forward to something like this, something that's never happened in franchise history.
2: You know, I think of all the things I was just happy for him. I feel like he's he's one of those people that what you see is what you get. You know, he's so nice. He's, he's just this amazing human being. You just want good things to happen to him. So I was excited about that. I was also excited to hear he was coming back because as we've talked about, it was a really weird feeling to come into Bridgestone arena this year without seeing Pecorina. It's never happened in my entire time covering the team. He's always there. Even during COVID, I had a Pecorina cutout in my little uh, broadcasting room life size. Mm-hmm. So I'm so used to seeing him. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having the chance to see him in person, watch his, watch his jersey um, be raised into the rafters, you know, it's just, it's going to be amazing.
1: I, I love that you have a cutout. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I only, I only have a giant head uh, cut out of his mask. So the the full thing is that's, that's quite a collectible you've got.
2: You know, I have one collectible in my house and it's of Pekka's 300th win. And we have a, an amazing <laughs> photo by our photographer, John Russell, who captured it. Yeah. And it's the one, one photo cover like of my broadcasting career that we have framed.
1: That's awesome. I know exactly the photo you're talking about. And that's a, uh, that's a great one to have. So as you said, he's, he's just the best guy and obviously an amazing goaltender as well, but just the perfect person to see something like this happen to. And I will say as well, if you've never seen a NHL Jersey retirement ceremony before, they are one of the coolest things that you could watch be a part of just be invested in and so again if you're at all able if you're if if you can be there on February 24th and make that happen I would highly recommend doing it if not obviously stay tuned and and uh, tune in when it happens but It is sure to be, I'll go out and say it right now. It's going to be a top five moment in Predators franchise history. This is going to be one of the best nights in Predators franchise history. And it's something that uh, everybody listening to this will certainly want to check out at one point or another. So again, once more, congratulations to Pekka and uh, we'll look forward to seeing him not only February 24th, but hopefully we'll run into him sooner than later around the Bridgestone arena.
2: I know I'm excited to hear he's coming. And maybe oh, yeah. he'll stay for the stadium series game. So we'll get a lot of Pekka.
1: I would think that's probably likely. And hopefully Pablo comes too. Pablo, who's doing quite well after her trip to the vet. Everybody's doing great. Uh, someone else who is a joy to be around and talk to. Terry Crisp, again, the the man, the myth, the legend, but the Predators broadcaster who announced his retirement at the end of the season. So he's kind of doing his farewell tour, and he was with us in Calgary on Terry Crisp night, of course, the city where he brought the Stanley Cup as coach in 1989. And I had the chance to sit down with Crispy in Calgary. You'll want to stick around for that conversation coming up next here on the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game.
3: I remember wearing straight leg Levi's, flannel shirts, even when they
1: weren't in style. Welcome back to the Predators' official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Brooks Bratton here in Calgary, Alberta, Alberta, in the house that Crispy built.
0: <laughs> you got it right right off the bat. Way to <laughs> go, Brooksie.
1: As Terry Crisp uh, was saying as we walked up to uh, our position here in the bowl as we await the Predators' morning skate here on Tuesday in Calgary, and uh, Crispy, first off, congratulations. Welcome back to the podcast. And uh, you made a bit of an announcement on Saturday. You've, you've said that this is going to be your final season in broadcasting
0: with the Predators. So, again, first off, congratulations. And uh, what, what do you think about the move here? Well, thank, first off, thank you. And you know what, move? It's funny when you're in, in, into, no matter what you're in life, you know, when the time comes, you should do certain things and whatnot. And I've always maintained that we have been blessed, my wife and I. and We've been in the hockey world our whole life enjoyed it had a wonderful trip but you start to realize when you sort of winding down and then last year the covid when it hit and whatnot it was you know when the fun sort of starts to go not all the fun but you don't do what you normally did and love to do and she and i talked about it and we talked about it for a while it didn't just pop up so we said you know what this is what i told bob cole uh, at the end of last season that uh, this, this i, I want to come back one more year to have some fun besides the COVID and the bunker and all that and then I'm, I'm moving aside stepping away from the TV and we talked and discussed it and he said okay, you sure? I said, yeah. And my wife and I, it's time but you know what I, I really like about the, the timing? I'm leaving a great crew there Like you you start with Pete and Hal on the radio and then you go to Willie and Mace on the TV and then you go to Lindsay and Kara as, as the ladies downstairs doing it and carrying it on in good hands, in great hands, and so it's the perfect time. Mm
1: -hmm. I remember speaking to you the other day, leading up to your announcement, and you said that uh, you and your wife, Sheila, you you sit around the table and kind of look at each other sometimes and think, would we ever have imagined growing old in Nashville, (laughs) Tennessee? And here you are, and I I love the
0: story of how you got here, because you've essentially been here since day one, but you thought it was only going to be one day. Exactly. Jerry Halper came here. We'd worked together seven years down in Tampa. Jerry came up here in their, in their first year, and he was setting up all their marketing and broadcasting, et cetera. And when they had their first game, they didn't have anybody to do color on TV. And Pete was here already. He phoned me, and he, I said, no, I'm done. He says, no, we, we just want you for one game. I said, so you're calling your note in? He said, yeah. I said, okay, I'll, I'll come up and pay the note I owe you. Come up, did one game, thanked him, went home. A couple days later, I get a call. We have a doubleheader, but he says, we're going to have some, We're going to get somebody. Mm-hmm. So I said, Okay. I'm getting bored by this time. My wife wants me out of the house anyway, Sheila. <laughs> Go up and do the second. Jack Diller was uh, president and CEO then at the time. He says, listen, he says, we really enjoy you and Pete together. You guys would make a good deal. You do a nice job. You got... And he said, why don't you just come up and we'll, you and Sheila come up, stay at the hotel and do just the TV games. I said, yeah, it sounds like fun. Mm. Did it? At the end of the seasons, thanked him very much for leaving. And he said, no, no, we want you to stay with Pete and do it and being a wisecracker that I am I said to Mr. Dillard okay Jack tell you what you give me a three year contract we'll sell our house in Florida and move here okay (laughs) now I gotta phone Sheila and say uh hon sell the house (laughs) oops Oops. but it worked out okay it worked out great Sheila says oh okay we're moving up and after 23 years one of the best moves we've made I mean we've had just a wonderful trip uh, from start to now for my finish but it's To see it grow and to see how it's not only in the hockey world, but our city and how it's just really mushroomed.
1: I I love it when I hear people say that they believe that you and Pete together essentially helped to teach people the game. Not to say that nobody in Nashville had any idea what was going on when the Preds got there, but... There are so many people that have fallen in love with the game that 20, 25 years ago had no idea what was going on.
0: And, and you and Pete played a huge role in that. <laughs> you know, we had so much fun doing it. It was a great trip because Pete and I would have Hockey 101s. And I can remember our first bunch of Hockey 101s up in the tower at like the building with that radio station mm-hmm. up there and whatnot. And we'd have like uh, 10 people there and seven be ladies and three guys and the questions that they had asked and we'd have a blackboard and a brush now. You can explain what a blackboard and brush was because most people wouldn't know what that was now. And it just went from there but the thing was that we, and can you imagine when we'd have a hockey game and the announcer would say and that's an icing and that's an offside Mm -hmm. and that's too many men in the ice, et cetera, et cetera. The growing pain but the fun we had with them Mm -hmm. and doing it. And then suddenly it went from that. When we came here I think, I don't know, there was Minor hockey, I'm just throwing some odd numbers, maybe 200 kids playing minor hockey. Now there's thousands mm-hmm. of kids in high school teams in men's leagues and ladies' leagues. It's it's just growing, in. not because of Pete and I, but because of the exposure of the Nashville Predators and their marketing and what they've done throughout the years. And you became part of it. I mean, I remember when you and Thomas first started us, you were just two rookies. And started typing out things and getting some things. And only the only reason you're sitting here is now because you know music. <laughs> I'd like to think so. I'd just throw that one at you. Just <laughs> and the reason I said that because, listen... For Brooksy's the, the song of the day of when the he day. used it, and nine out of ten I didn't know, but every so often you throw an old throwback to me, <laughs> so I could say, "Good one, good pick."
1: <laughs> I love it when you appreciate the pick. <laughs> what? Now we're here, so we made the announcement on Saturday. What you're doing, and... and I, I, you said to, to Bob Cole, you're like, I, I really don't want any noise. I kind of just want to enjoy it. And you're and they was like, okay. And then you start getting phone calls, and then you start getting plans made. And all of a sudden, we're here in Calgary, you know, and you're kind of going on your farewell tour.
0: Yeah, it's. I laughed like heck because I said, you know, uh, Sean Henry and Billy Wicket and the group there, they said, you know, Crispy, we appreciate the fact that you want to go quietly and you don't want to hoopla. But he said, it's not, we would like to... Have people give you a chance throughout the season. Say hi, Crispy. Wish you good luck and not just at the last of the season, one or two games and people don't get it. And I appreciated that and I said, okay. And then they said, how about if we get a chance, you can go to some of the teams that you were with in the past, where they played or coached for them and whatnot. And she and I said, you know, that would be fun. That would be neat to do. And so they arranged with uh, the owners and whatnot to, to come here for this one. We'll go to uh, Tampa, probably, uh, maybe Philly, uh, or whatever. Just a nice little gesture, and I really appreciate it. And I like the word "fun." It's it's fun. Like, I'll have at the game, and we'll have she and I, all of our children and grandchildren who live here in Calgary, will be at the game. That makes it that much more fun for us.
1: Well, I know, and and you said that your family's here. They all come down every time we're in town. But as you're on your tour here, not only did you coach here but you coached the Flames to a Stanley Cup championship. You've got the ring on, right? Yeah. Always got the ring on well, here. Yeah,
0: when you come here, it's, if, if I don't, my grandchildren are all over me now. <laughs> and I I understand it, but I was just sitting here looking around, looking around, and I look up, and I see a banner, yeah. and the banner says Stanley Cup yeah. champions. And it resonates and brings back so many great memories of the time I did here. And the team that we had here and the players that I had on that team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, when you come back to the city, and not only this city, but this building, what, what do you think? How, how much do you remember? How much of it comes rushing back? And, and what sticks out it's to you? It's all there.
0: It's all yeah. uh, when you, because when I first came here, and they had had a pretty successful team, but the owners had their mandate was they wanted a Stanley Cup. Because the boys just north of here called Edmonton and Gretzky mm-hmm. were pretty successful in. Mm-hmm. And my mandate was to. If and possibly win a Stanley Cup. So, with the team they put together, and had a great. And I look back over that that team, and how I was blessed as a coach. I mean, I had, like, back then, coaches were supposed to be the ones who would rant and rave and yell and kick garbage cans and come in and peel paint and all that stuff. And and I looked at I looked back and said, you know what? I didn't have to do that here. Mm-hmm. I had leaders on my team and young players, the young ones like. Uh, Gary Roberts and Joe Newendike and, and Flurry and, and a couple other young players. But I had my veterans who I could turn to, like uh, Joel Otto and Al McGinnis and Lanny McDonald, Poplinski Hunter. Go on down the line. If I had a problem, I called in the Corps. I said, hey, we're having a problem with these. Two. Leave it with me, coach. You with us. Next day, problem solved. And think about that mm-hmm. as a coach in today's game, the luxury I had of that. Did you ever kick a garbage can anywhere? <laughs> Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I beat him to death with a hockey stick, too. Beat him down to a nothing.
1: <laughs> you know him, you love him. Terry Crisp is our guest here on the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. And, again, just being here in Calgary and, as you mentioned, some of those other cities that you'll you'll get to as we go along here in the season, how much are you looking forward to all of this and just getting back to some of those towns and reliving some of those memories?
0: Well, she and I are loving it because, like I said, we've always been in the hockey world. We haven't known, uh, I say sort of tongue-in-cheek, that We've never been out in the real world. We went from hockey right on through from our going together when we were 16 to getting married for 56 years. We've always had a built-in family, whatever we went, traded, moved, whatever, in the hockey uh, universe. And it'll always be there. And I get a chance now to hit some of the cities um, where you have memories. And believe it or not, in a lot of the cities, the people are working in the arenas that we're hitting, were there when I was there. And we and go back over. Like, when I walked in here today, the guy at the, at the guard at the gate, he was there when I was mm-hmm. here. Uh, the one guy on the Zamboni crew, he was here. Yeah. And I, I'm starting to feel young again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's one of the cool things, too, is you go to these rinks. And a lot of these
0: people, It's right, it's not just the people that you see on the teams. It's the people that, like, they're, they're still here, too. Awesome. And, we, and I look back over our years in Nashville, Pete and I. And, and the people that work there, that, that serve the ushers and the guards, and et cetera, and most of them are still there. And they're like to us, there is much a family in it with our organization, the Predators, as the hockey people are and the on are, because we see them every night. We know them as well as we know the players. And when you come in, they want to know how you are, how you're doing. It's what it is. It's just a great great family.
1: Yeah. Feeling. Well, and we were just in the hotel. And you're this
0: part f- of that, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Well, and we were just in the hotel. Miss,
0: by the way, if, if Thomas is listening, we do miss you, big guy. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no,
1: we, we miss him greatly. And, and by the way, it's a great segue because his favorite player, Matthias Ekholm, stopped you in the hotel this morning. And just one of many people who I've seen already today come up and shake your hand and, yeah, and say they're I mean, excited so for nice you. They're so, happy for uh,
0: you. Yes. Yeah, it's so nice to have that they say, you know, uh, I, I always say. The other night, when they were going out with the fans and they were saying, Crispy, congratulations. And I'm going home and I'm thinking, why are they saying congratulations? <laughs> I, like, as soon as you say, hey, Crispy, we've enjoyed it, good luck, yeah. have fun, what's it? Why are they congratulating me? I've done anything to be congratulated on. Yeah. So if they say, have fun, Crispy, enjoy it, that's what I'm looking at.
1: yeah How much, uh, one, how much fun are you still having and how much are you looking forward to just these last few months? What do you want to get out of these last few
0: months? You know what, just what I've had always, I've had fun. When I came here, the group we had, and when Pete and I were doing it all alone, it was fun. Then we started integrating more and getting more, went from doing just radio to radio, TV, then separated and whatnot. And then I got a chance to work with the last six, seven years with the youngsters, like, Willie Donick joined, and then Mace came in, and Skillsy came in, Hell Gill. then we were lucky. We got Lindsey Riley and, and Kara Hammer, Nosemans. I've had a ball. They've kept me young. Mm-hmm. Working with those people out there, if you want to do something, work with younger people. Yeah. They keep you alive. Yeah. And you know how much I hate techie stuff and can't do techie <laughs> stuff. And you know it on that one. But even I have learned how to click on a Zoom. And uh, click off. And other than that, uh, I'm done. I'm I was going to say, I've helped you with the tick-tick a few times. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see me. You know, oh, here he comes with that darn iPad again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, and you've said this too. And, and you and Sheila have been so lucky and so blessed to be in this game for as long as you have. As a player, as a coach, and a broadcaster. Is it even possible for you to put into words what this game means to you?
0: You know, it's, it's possible. I don't know if I'd do it justice or not. But all I can say is that, and I've said it earlier before, that uh, I played hockey all my life, in, and I was lucky enough to marry a young woman to run the river with, and we, she stayed with me for 56 years. So when I look back and say, you know what? The only word I can say is for me and my family, that means my wife and my children and grandchildren, we've been blessed. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think you'll miss the most?
0: You. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't turn that thing off yet. <laughs> and that concludes our chat today <laughs> uh nothing because i'm gonna be around i'm not gonna go I'm, I yeah, yeah. touch when i'm not dying i'm not leaving we love nashville we're staying in nashville um but what i w- is the everyday camaraderie that you see like you travel you can't put that into words you can't put that into feelings and you're a part of it and you're part of that that's what you miss the most but then you realize hey there's another world out there
1: yeah oh yeah all right, give me a story as we finish up. Give me a story, something that sticks out to you from over the years, either with you and Pete or traveling or, or just covering this team. What what comes to mind about being around this Nashville group for all these years?
0: Probably the biggest thing, and, and not the group, but the first year we made playoffs, mm-hmm. how happy we were, how happy our whole city was. And that, that sticks with Pete and I, that we were finally got there, finally did it, and then the other second one, might even be close to first was our Stanley Cup round. Mm-hmm. I mean, our city made us so proud, mm-hmm. and we made the city proud. That will never go away, mm-hmm. never.
1: And what do you think about this group today as you look out and all these guys playing and coaching? You, you were once in, in their shoes. What do you think about them today, and, and what advice would you give any of these guys today? I envy them.
0: Yeah. I look down there and I envy them. I think guys love it. Just enjoy this because God's given you a uh, a skill, a blessing, and enjoy it. Don't be grumpy and don't be looking for excuses. Just go out and play and have some fun. Mm -hmm. And if you go out and every night what you have you bring and leave it on the ice, they can't ask any more of you than that. And I look over this squad here right now with the veterans we have on this team and especially the youngsters coming up and whatnot, it should bode well for us. So when I look at them, I'm just saying, I envy you guys. Just make sure you enjoy it. And just bring the passion, right? And bring the friggin' passion!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Crispy, I won't say congratulations. I'll say keep having fun and enjoy the rest of this, okay? You're
0: learning already, big (laughs) guy. Thank you for everything also.
1: Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. And enjoy the ride. I certainly will. Up next, what does Terry Crisp mean to us? This is the Predators' official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Predator's official podcast, the P.O.P. on EFK1025, the game. Episode 150, coming back to a day one season ticket holder and Vince Gill, another Terry Chris favorite. Welcome back to the program. I'm Brooks Bratton here in rainy, gloomy Vancouver, Kara Hammer in a lovely, beautiful Colorado where I can't breathe, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Mac back in the studio in Nashville. Uh, what a conversation with crispy, by the way, I love how he says that his grandkids who call him coach, by the way, which I love, uh, his grandkids say that he has to wear his Stanley cup ring in Calgary. They, they give him crap. If he doesn't do it, they're like, what are you, how are you not wearing this right now? <laughs> but he's, uh, it was, it was cool to cause I've seen him in Calgary before, but especially to see him in that building with his entire family, essentially there, Uh, It really was Terry Crisp night. He was, he's kind of the mayor when he goes back there. Everybody wants to talk to him. Everybody wants to shake his hand and, and uh, have a word. So it was cool to see Crispy in that environment. Um, And he deserves every bit of what he's going to get on this farewell tour.
2: Brooks, I think one of the coolest things about watching Terry Crisp night in Calgary was, you know, the, the Valley sports broadcast and interviewing his son, Tony on air and his wife, Sheila And I thought it was really cool that we learned that when his daughter was 10 years old, she made Crispy a friendship bracelet, and he actually wore that through the entire cup run. And now that friendship bracelet sits next to the Stanley Cup ring.
1: That's It's stuff like that that... To, to hear those stories and to see how many of his former players too came out in Calgary, especially someone like Lanny McDonald, who is just an, an NHL legend. And that was such a huge cup win for him in Calgary, as well as for, for Crispy as the head coach. And uh, they were showing a, a number of clips on the video board and in, in Calgary, and we were watching them in the press box and just cracking up because we know Crispy as the broadcaster, right? We don't often get to see, one i think it's entertaining anytime you can see footage of someone from 30 or 40 years ago to begin with um but that's not something that we get to see that's not really how we know him and so to see him in those moments as the coach as the man behind the bench and hugging his players and celebrating his players after the fact uh just just super entertaining to see that And really got a nice ovation from the fans in calgary but what and, and we both work with him in different capacities but Kara, as a broadcaster, what has it been like to work with him, to watch him, to learn from him, and and just anything you've been able to glean from him from over the years?
2: You know, he just makes the job look so effortless. He's just so good at what he does because he's natural. I think he, he knows the game so well. It comes out, but he's also the funniest person you will ever meet. So... He adds humor into what he's doing. I mean, I I've learned a lot from him from a hockey sense and just, you know, feeling comfortable and being true to yourself. And that's what he does. And I mean, I always think back when the team started, Crispy and and Pete Weber were more famous than the players. They got recognized more when they went out in public. They were. You know Willie and I have talked about this. You couldn't have asked for a better ambassador for the sport of hockey for the Nashville Predators than Terry Crisp.
1: Well, and I just love the story too, and and we we talked about it in our conversation. But he literally thought he was going to be here for one game, and 22 years later, he's still here. And mm-hmm. that's I love what he said to me earlier is that you know he and Sheila were sitting around one morning and. They looked at each other and thought, like, would, could you have ever imagined we would grow old together in Nashville, Tennessee? And and they're not leaving yet either. I mean, that's – he said maybe one day they'll go back home to Calgary uh, to to be closer to the family. But for now, he's like, we we love it in Nashville. We like what we have. We, we love our lifestyle. And um, it's just not something he's ready to part with yet. And I'm, I'm glad, too, that he's getting – this farewell in this way that he didn't just like on the last game of the season, if he would have been like, all right, this is it, like surprise, you know, yeah. that's, that's all well and good, but I love it. And we've seen it with the athletes too, when they say, and everybody's situation is different, but I love it when people are able to say, Hey, this is going to be my last season and they don't do it. To, to necessarily garner attention. I think that's the last thing anybody necessarily wants, but people want to honor them. And I love to see that with athletes. We've seen it with a few hockey players in recent memory. Uh, Ryan Miller, someone who comes to mind, who said, yes, this is this is going to be it for me. And, and teams want to recognize that and honor that. And same with Crispy. So we were in Calgary to do that as the coach. Uh, he's played in Philadelphia. He's played in St. Louis. He's coached in Tampa. So hopefully we'll get to all those cities. He'll be able to join us in all those cities and uh, receive some sort of, some sort of honor. And, and it's what he deserves because of just – how long he's been in the game, how much he's given to the game, but then also what the game has given him in return. So it's it's awesome to see him honored in those ways. And, uh, you know, to hear you talk about your perspective on on broadcasting with him, for me, just as someone who's been around, I mean, he was from day one, he was awesome to me and and Thomas as well, as we kind of joined forces together and um, always called us frickin' frack. and uh red red one and red two crispy of course a a fellow redhead back in the day um but you know like you said i mean just the nicest guy just always made you feel welcome i you know i i came in as a 23 year old kid and i you know didn't really know anyone and i i knew of him um but, you know, never treated me as though I was, you know, the kid who had something to learn or, you know, just always accepted me as part of the group right away and, and really made an effort to to get to know you and make you feel comfortable. And he was just, you know, I just have nothing but good things to say about him. Um, he, he couldn't be any kinder, any, any funnier. And his personality is just infectious and everybody loves him. So I, I hope that people, and I think that really comes through on the broadcast as well. And I, I feel like people feel like they know him just from watching the broadcasts or listening to him or whatever the medium is but uh, if if you have a chance to see him or meet him especially during the games when he and Lindsay are in out on the concourse doing the pre and the post game show if you have a chance if you're ever at a game go stop by and actually say hi to him don't be intimidated he's he's the nicest most welcoming person and uh, you'll you'll be glad that you stop by and said something to him, especially in this farewell tour. So, all the best to Crispy, and uh, it's it's not over yet. As we said, it's it's good that he's going to be around for a little little while longer as we finish up the season here. But uh, we'll we'll certainly miss having him around. I'll miss how ha- trying to help him out with his computer and his cell phone that he bless his heart always has trouble with. But that's you know,
2: that's what he calls the cell phone, the tick tick tick
1: tick. He's trying to figure out the tick ticks. So yeah. I put my number. I put my number into his tick tick a few weeks ago i was like you how do you not have my number (laughs) he's like he's he's like i don't know a poor guy's got like a thousand unread emails but that's that's okay we won't tell his bosses (laughs) but no he's uh he's he's the best so we're gonna we're gonna miss crispy but we're glad he's hanging around for a little while longer the pop returns in just a moment as we come back to wrap up episode 150 here on espn 1025 the game Fourth and final segment of episode 150 of the P.O.P., the Press official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brooks. She's Kara. He's Max. Tremendous trio here as we wrap things up on this week's edition of the program. Once again, thanks so much to Terry Crisp for joining us. And Kara, I also wanted to give a shout out to our one of our PR extraordinaires, Nick Barnowski, who was celebrating a birthday here in Vancouver.
2: Happy and birthday, Nick!
1: Happy birthday to Barn! And we were uh, <laughs> I was. This really got me. It's the little things on the road. We were coming in. We flew uh, straight from Edmonton right after the game to Vancouver, and we're coming in on the bus uh, to the hotel and. Uh, you know word was getting around that it was next birthday and people were kind of saying hey happy birthday barn whatever and uh we're we're on a different bus. there's two buses so the players coaches are on one bus and uh, myself the broadcasters uh maybe some trainers are on a second bus so it's a little bit lighter on the second bus um but uh you know just wishing Barn a happy birthday. And then I don't know where Chris Mason starts going for, he's a jolly good fellow for, he's a jolly good <laughs> it's just, It's one of those, it was one of those little things where it's like 1230 at night and you know, you're, you're like tired, silly, happy, and you just never know what's going to get said. And it just got me. And I just wanted to share that. Cause it's, it's those little moments on the road that I think we all missed last year, especially with, uh, with hardly anybody traveling. <laughs> so really, uh, really lightened it up last night. So uh, happy, happy birthday to Barn, by the way, as he celebrates the ripe old age of 28. Oh, to be, to be 28 again. (laughs) But uh, we, I I did want to mention this too. And uh, a listener had asked some of our favorite crispy memories. So of course we gave those in the last segment, but then uh, Brian replied and said, just he just wanted to know how – he said, Brooks, I just want to know how you are. So, Brian, I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm, I'm doing well. It's, it's good to be out and about. It's good to be back on the road. And uh, it's – you know, I, I think that's one of the things that we, we've mentioned before, but just it's, it's been so refreshing this season. To be back to somewhat of a sense of normalcy and to have crowds back in the building, uh, you know, especially here in Canada, to be back in Canada. Of course, we didn't do that at all last season. Um, definitely, some of the some of the better markets in the NHL in these Canadian cities, and uh, it's it's just nice again to be out and about and be with the whole crew. So it's uh, Brian. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for asking, Kara. How are you doing?
2: You know what, I'm doing well. I was upset when the week started, but then reminiscing (laughs) about Christie and winning the cup and all these feel good stories. And I saw an amazing story of David Riddick had a mega fan when he was in Calgary and got traded. A little boy named Oliver was very upset Uh that he came to Nashville and he got to meet the kid. And you know, you just love things like that. It's always bigger than the game. And it just makes me, makes me happy.
1: That's another good little tidbit worth mentioning. And I was actually sitting with David Riddick in the press box in Calgary and he was kind of watching it as it was blowing up on, on sports and the clip was getting shared. But yeah, he, he had made uh, a big fan when he was in Calgary, he was, he was an all-star in Calgary when he would play goaltender for the flames a few years back and uh, made made a friend and uh, they they've kept in touch. It was a story done when Riddick was traded from Calgary to to Toronto. The boy was just heartbroken. And it's, it's always so tough. As you said, with Von Miller, it's so tough when your favorite player gets traded and uh, but so pregame, the, the young fan was down by the Predators bench as, as David Riddick came back to Calgary once more. And of course he wasn't dressed, uh, still getting back in, in shape from COVID protocol, but uh, Riddick actually came out pregame and the sports cameras captured him handing one of his goaltending sticks uh, to this young fan. And they took a picture and it's just, like you said, it's little moments like that. And that's exactly the kind of guy David Riddick is too. And uh, so very, very happy to, not only see him back but but just being an all-around good person and that's, that's the kind of people we love to see here in the preds organization so good on david riddick for for making a young fans night and week and month and year probably
2: yeah so bon if you're listening you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a kid but if if i see you at nissan stadium just say hi
1: <laughs> you know it is well known that von miller is a big preds podcast guy
2: yeah so,
1: I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. So, good luck to you seeing him at Nissan. Hey, thanks to all of you so much for listening. Kara, any parting words of wisdom as we conclude episode 150?
2: You know, since we're with on the on the crispy theme, I'm going to say, keep your head on a swivel.
1: <laughs> keep your head on a swivel and bring the passion. There you go. <laughs> what, what a way to end it. I'm Brooks Bratton. You can follow me at Brooks Bratton on Twitter and Instagram. Kara, she's on the Twitter at Kara Hammer. Tweet us your questions. Hashtag Preds Podcast. You can do it any time. Of course, continue to follow at Preds NHL as we traverse our way through Western Canada and work our way back into the States. The Predators have four games left on this trip as we record today. So Vancouver, Chicago, Dallas, St. Louis will be back home eventually. November 13th against Arizona at Bridgestone Arena. Thanks again to Crispy for joining us this week on the PLP. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the gloomy November weather.